previously on Cyril Reed's Ninja Gaiden. Okay, we have a ton of plot points to get through, and there's no time to stall. First, Ryu gets a letter from his long-dead father. No, wait. First, Ryu turns 13 and becomes the highest level of ninja possible. Then he gets the letter, which sends him halfway around the world in order to figure out what the heck happened to his dad. Then he's kicked off of a college campus. He gets into a fight with a big bully at a local bar, gets shot by a 13-year-old girl, uh, fights a car, gets drafted into the CIA, uh, gets sent to Central America to battle some sort of big evil monster thing, falls off a minecart, battles a bunch of bosses, sweats fire, falls down another big hole, gets that 13-year-old girl kidnapped, accidentally loses two statues that, if put together, will spell the end of the world, and... Worst of all, finds out that his father may actually not be dead, but is a masked, mutant-wielding killer brainwashed by the evil Jacquio, or something like that. It's all a little confusing. Anyway, Ryu ends up meeting his dad, they have a beautiful, heartfelt reunion, and then the Jacquio kills him. The dad, not Ryu. Obviously, this pisses Ryu off, so he leaps into action and quickly kills the monster. But wait, Ryu's dad isn't dead, after all. But now the statues are together, and Ryu has to go and kill an even bigger monster. And that's where we are now, with Ryu feeling like he can't possibly kill such a humongous monster. Will he do it? Find out when you listen to the penultimate episode of Ninja Gaiden. Chapter 23 <sighs> The demon shifted its weight. The entire chamber vibrated. Ryu lost his balance and fell. The demon's body had moved around a bit. The flesh had slid and churned. There was no easy way to tell the front from the back. Ryu guessed that the demon had stood up. He inched closer, holding out his sword. The demon shifted again. It was turning. Now Ryu could make out the four-leg stumps. A large, bulbous growth on the opposite side must have been its head. They weren't face-to-face yet, but fighting fair was the last thing on Ryu's mind. He charged. The dragon's sword sank into the demon's hide. A slow hiss sounded, releasing a hideous gas. Ryu pulled out the sword and stepped back. The demon kept turning. It was as if the stab was a mosquito bite. Now the demon was approaching. Its legs shuffled along the ground, wobbly under the immense weight. Its head lulled from side to side, extending from a thick neck. In the center of its face, a black hole opened up. It had to be its mouth, Ryu realized. It widened to twice its size, looming closer and closer. Ryu slashed with the dragon sword. It passed through the neck. The demon's head lulled clean off its body. It fell to the ground with a repulsive splat. Ryu gasped in horror. Where the head had been, a gaping hole remained. A hole much larger than the mouth, much more frightening. Ryu felt nothing but relief. Somehow, it had succeeded where Shinobi had failed. The demon was dead, resting the sword on the ground. He waited for it to fall. It staggered forward. Ryu figured it was like a chicken with its head cut off, running a few extra steps on nervous energy alone. The chicken didn't breathe fire from the hole in its neck, and it didn't keep charging forward as if it could see. Ryu ran around the other side of the chamber. 
the demon followed. It was still alive, and it was angry. Chapter 24 Now the demon was moving faster. It came after Ryu, its bulky body swinging as it walked. Ryu edged away. He stared at the demon, afraid to lose eye contact. With his left hand, he felt along the wall, until he hit a corner. Demon's hole opened wider. Ryu looked around for an escape path. Suddenly, flames exploded from the demon's hole, like the exhaust of a spaceship taking off. Ryu threw himself to the ground. The explosion tore a hole in the wall, clear to the hallway. Ryu rolled to the only direction he could, towards the demon. He thrust the dragon sword blindly, running it through the underside of the demon. Each time a gash opened up, spitting fire and gas. Each time the gash closed by itself. The demon was healing itself, instantly. Ryu rolled to the opposite end of the chamber, concentrating with all of his power. He activated the art of the fire wheel. Flames gathered around him. He whirled his arms, tossing three fireballs towards the headless demon. The creature staggered. Ryu watched his ammunition become absorbed into the creature's skin. They had not the slightest effect. Or had they? The demon was moving differently. It seemed to be collapsing under its own weight. It also seemed to be shrinking. The boiling mass of flesh was folding into itself. Then almost instantly, the creature began swelling again. It was pulsing with the rhythm of the statues. So that's it? Ryu said under his breath. The demon was receiving its energy from the joined statues. If it were left alone, it would take the energy and grow to full strength. Ryu was doing exactly what it didn't want. He was weakening it slowly, not letting it collect all of its power. Each of his thrusts, each fireball, was keeping the demon from becoming all-powerful. Ryu ran towards it at full tilt. He made rapid thrusts with the dragon sword, and the demon spat fire. The fire enveloped Ryu's entire body. But the art of the fire wheel was protecting him using the demon's flame to become stronger. Now Ryu lunged furiously. With one hand, he plunged the dragon sword again and again. With the other, he flung fireballs. The demon had lost control of its legs. It fell to the ground. Behind it, the statues were vibrating wildly. They glowed with garish light now, crashing into each other. Out of control. Pieces of the stalactites began to fall from the ceiling. Large cracks opened up the walls. The place was going to blow. Ryu had to get out. He flew towards his nemesis, slashing. With a large, pathetic groan, the demon crumbled to the ground. Its skin began to bubble, furiously, rushing inward to the central point. Ryu felt himself being sucked towards it. The floor began to buckle. The left wall caved in, and chunks of marble hurtled towards the disappearing demon. It was like a black hole, imploding into itself, sucking in the matter of light. Parts of the ceiling fell, 
exposing the open sky. Hard as Ryu tried, he couldn't keep from sliding towards the center of the collapsing chamber. To be continued. And now, an open letter to A.L. Singer, author of Ninja Gaiden. Dear A.L. Singer, Holy crap! Holy crap! Is is Ryu gonna die? Well, of course not. But it's fun to think so, right? Especially since it's the final cliffhanger of the season. Can only assume that next week we'll read about how Ryu miraculously saves himself and rescues his father. But the thing I really want to know is, who the hell is that 13-year-old girl? And is he going to save her? Actually, that's not the only thing I want to know. So far in the last 24 chapters I've read, I haven't heard you explain one damn thing about this 13-year-old girl and why she was playing with guns. More importantly, how the hell did she get wrapped up with the CIA? Did her mom let her go halfway around the world killing people too, just like Ryu? It really makes no sense when you think about it. Why would they send a kid to shoot Ryu? Not that having some adult shoot a kid is any better, actually that's probably a lot worse. But at least you wouldn't be sitting there 24 chapters later questioning your logic. While these chapters were entertaining enough, the only thing that really stood out was the short length. These two chapters were made up of exactly five pages, and and two of those pages were only half filled with text. Hey, AL, was there some sort of quota of chapters you needed to deliver? Because there's really no reason for you to give me a 120-page book with 27 chapters. I know I've complained about this before, but but at that time I was at least dealing with more than two-page chapters. Why, why Why not just give us one word per chapter? I mean... This, this book is meant for kids, right? They, they aren't going to know any better. They're fucking stupid. At least they better be stupid, because that's about the only way you're ever going to enjoy actually reading the story. No, no, I'm not talking about the you people that listen to it. I, those people are smart. I'm talking about the kids who saved up their hard-earned money just to just so that they could read through the adventures of Ryu Hayabusa, and, and, and this is what they got. Man, I remember looking up to Ryu Hayabusa as a kid, but... But now that I I know that he's just some snot-nosed kid, I kind of feel stupid. Which is exactly how everyone who ran out and bought this book in the first printing probably feels right now. At least with 20 years of hindsight, it can be entertaining. But imagine if you bought this thing when it was first released. Actually, you don't have to, because I bet you that some of you out there actually have bought recent game books like uh, Mass Effect or, or Halo. Will Defunct Games be presenting Cyril Reed's Halo in 20 years? Oh man, I hope not. If I'm still doing this shit 20 years from now, then then I give all of my readers the right to just come to my house and shoot me, or something like that. Actually, perhaps you should just do that right now, so that I don't even have to think about doing that 20 years from now. See what you've got me doing, A.L. Singer? You're telling, I'm, I'm telling my, my readers to actually come and shoot me. I hope you're happy. But more importantly, I I hope you end this book by explaining who the hell that 13-year-old girl is. Seriously, you better tell us. Here's truly, Sarah Lachelle.